ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Strange Life Podcast, a journey into the weird and wonderful. We are hosts, J.D. Strange, Mountain Man, Jokes Mahomes, and Dungeon Daisy. Welcome to the Strange Life Podcast, a journey into the weird and wonderful. We are hosts, you will let me into the meeting shortly. Yeah, for some, I think what happened then is, you know, did you hear that loads of Zoom meetings were getting bombed um, by people just entering them who had no business being there during the lockdown? Right. I think they've added that recently. It was an option, but now it's kind of like compulsory. Oh, right, because, um, you know, it was just sitting there. And I don't know what I've done, because, um, you know, I'm not a computer geek. Um, <laughs> I don't know what I've done, but I pressed the right button, and there you are. We, uh, could, we could see your name in white lettering, uh, David, but we can't actually see you. Oh, um, well, let me well, see. I, I wonder if you got... Ah, there we go. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. I've just had to change my shirt, because... Um, I had a light shirt on, and it is a rivetingly hot day in um, in England, and so um, I was getting dark patches all over just sitting there. So. <laughs> well, that's why it's you're really warm. Yeah, yeah, we're in Bangkok, so you know that, right? We're we're in Bangkok. Yeah, uh, yeah, well, it's it is pretty warm there. It's your winter though, isn't it? But it's still warm. I take it. Oh, it's hot all year. We have like uh, we have like yeah, three seasons: hot, hot, and hotter <laughs> in, uh, in in Bangkok. <laughs> Very humid, right? Very humid all year, all year round. It's horribly hot. Um, it's probably the hottest city in the in the world, I think, uh, Bangkok. Um, but we're all huge fans of your work, David. Yeah, and we're, we're really, really excited to have you on the show uh, okay. this evening. And um, we were You're wondering. Great. We're just coming out of lockdown here. We're just coming out of lockdown. Just coming out think, of it. Yeah, July the first. They <laughs> say we're going to introduce ourselves. Yeah, we're this strange life okay. podcast. Okay, <laughs> Mickey's saying we should introduce ourselves. Because he's normally really good at that. But, <laughs> yeah. but uh, probably our first question for you, David, is uh, where are we right now? Coming out of are, lockdown. Are we recording then now? I yes, I've just hit so. record. Yeah, yeah. 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 Just, yeah. <laughs> All right. We are now. Oh, would you like to chat first? We can chat first. No, I'm fine. What do you want? Well, just tell me where you want to go, and then that'll be fine. Should we start again? Yeah, 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 we, yeah. we, we, we can chat first. Yeah, okay. Right. Let's stop the recording. Stop it there. It's, um, it's symbolic because it's a Russian doll. Uh, and you take the head off, and there's a smaller one. You take that off, there's a smaller one, and so on and so forth. And it's kind of symbolic of the way the world works, really. <laughs> what, what, what's left in the middle? A tiny, 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 little, tiny doll. little doll, which is, yeah. yeah. Somebody gave me that. Croatia, I think. Uh, should we do the full, the full uh, intro? Oh, that, let's, ju- let's just say, um, hit record after five, it's recording now. four, it's three, two, beep, one. Okay, welcome to This Strange Life. Um, this Strange Life podcast, Bangkok's number one podcast, and we're very, very lucky indeed today to have uh, an extremely special guest. And we're all huge fans, Mr. Mr. David Ike. This is an absolute honour. Absolute really honour. Thank you so much for your time. Well, that's, um, that's very nice. Um, but um, what, what's the, the show called? The Strange Life. 
This Strange Life. You, you couldn't have picked a better title for current events. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 the only better title is that we live in a bloody madhouse. That would have been... <laughs> <laughs> so this you, Strange Life is, is pretty accurate. So you took the interview because you saw that and you said, yeah, I think that's, that's the one to go with, right? Because we're living in that kind of world right now. It's, it's well, like, I took the interview like I take everything else on intuition. That's how I live my life, yeah. you know. Um, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't go, well, shall I, shall I? Some of the year goes, yeah, do that, do that, do that, do that. And so that's, that's, that's how I do it. Life is strange. And uh, what's the strangest thing happening <laughs> today, David? Well, you know, I've been um, researching uh, the true background to world events for 30 yeah. years. If I hadn't and come to terms with humanity's um, almost genetic uh, obsession with acquiescence, mm -hmm. the strangest thing that would have um, been is that more than 3 billion people could have been locked down on the basis yeah. of a few people saying that they have to be uh, on uh, the say-so of people who've never seen a ballot box, because if you listen to the politicians worldwide, they keep saying this uh, recurring theme, we're being guided by the science, or we're being guided by the scientists. Well, first of all, they're not being guided by the science, because um, the, the, uh, the, the science that they're, they're giving out is, is, is nonsensical. And very, very contradictory, and the story's changed a few times. And if you're being guided by the scientists, then there are a few questions need asking before you lock down three billion people. Like, mm. what is the background to the scientists? What connections do they have? And um, how come that everyone's, virtually everyone, you know, Sweden, Japan, a couple of exceptions, but virtually everyone agrees on the same method of responding to this alleged pandemic. Uh, so th these are the kind of questions that, that are, uh, not even awake people, mm. but any, any level of awareness will want to ask, okay, you want me to do this, okay, so explain why. I'm not just gonna do it because you say so, I want to know why. Mm. What happens, and, and this is how this whole thing came about, is that, um, the world is controlled by a few people because of a very simple system of imposition and acquiescence. And, and when you play this down, the, the, the pyramid, both global pyramid and national pyramids of uh, hierarchies, you see the same recurring theme. And because mm -hmm. of this, this three billion under house arrest uh, can, um, can be explained. At the top of the pyramid, you've got a tiny few people that I've been um, exposing for three decades and uh, I call them the cult because that's yeah. what they are. Yeah. They um, have an agenda for the world and they uh, dictate to the level below them um, the, part of the agenda. In this case, we're locking down billions of people. The level under them then acquiesce to that imposition and in, impose it on the next level, which acquiesces to them and impose it on the next level. Now, very quickly, after you come down from that cult level, if you like, at the peak of the pyramid, you are hitting levels of the global and um, 
national hierarchies that have no idea there is a cult. No idea. They're just doing what the level above them uh, tells them. How how often do you hear this phrase? Oh, I don't know, but it's come down from on high. I suppose we Mm. better do it. Same thing. So then you come down and it, it... lower and lower uh, in these uh, hierarchical pyramids and it goes the same imposition acquiescence imposition acquiescence imposition acquiescence and then it brings us down to the mass of humanity nearly eight billion of us now and if we this is why unfortunately it's um it's it's what so many uh, most people do if we at that level acquiesce to that level of the pyramid that's imposing on us then we complete a circuit and it's a circuit of acquiescence or imposition and acquiescence, which has allowed the few at the top that almost no one knows exists yeah. to yeah. impose its will on the entirety of humanity. And, you know, over the, uh, over the decades, um, people have said to me again and again, look, mate, a few people can't control the world. All right. It's not possible. It's too many mm. people. Well, what's, kind of positive about what's been happening there is very little but there is some um is that unless you're in complete concrete level denial that's gone out the window because a few just have dictated uh, house arrest to billions of people and it's because we acquiesce without question so uh for instance if um they say you've got to wear masks everyone's got to wear masks right well while the vast majority of people wear masks and call them, cause themselves cumulatively uh, very bad um, respiratory uh, problems by uh, not breathing in enough oxygen and by breathing in their own expelled carbon dioxide, which is great for plants, but not for us. Um, if most vast majority of people uh, just say, OK, uh, mask, ma- the government says, mm. and, um, they're going to pick off the few that say, no, I'm not doing it. But it's, e- it's, it's easy to control um, a populous society um, through fear. Yeah, and exactly. uh, it, it, it's been demonstrated recently that once you impose certain restrictions on a society through the, um, you know, the idea of fear, it's very easy to keep those restrictions and not give them back. And build on them. And build on them, yeah. That's the, the four-letter word that controls the world. I've been saying that for years and years and years. Yeah. The four-letter word that controls the world is fear. Because once you um, fall to, the, to fear, and, you know, I've, I've just got a book coming out to the printers now called The Answer, which is, uh, um, is, just takes this whole thing apart, mm-hmm. uh, strand by strand. Um, and i uh, talking there about um, a British government operation which operates out of the cabinet office, which is around the, obviously the British cabinet in, mm-hmm. uh, in, in Downing Street in London. And it's called um, the Behavioral Insights Team. Now, this is not just applicable to Britain because this Behavioral Insights Team Tavistock. Um, operates worldwide. It operates in, in America and operates, it claims, in 131 countries. And a few years ago, uh, now, um, there were a couple of people in America. One was called uh, Cass Sunstein. He was one of these czars, a ludicrous name, of Barack Obama. And he and another guy wrote a book called Nudge. And it was about how you give people little pushes mm. and, and, and then they do what you want. And uh, for that reason, the um, Behavior Insights team, as it's called, um, is called 
the nudge unit. And um, I've seen documents as they were um, orchestrating this lockdown, because it's all a psychological game, in which they were actually saying in this, in this document, uh, we have to basically um, frighten people into acquiescence on one side and, um, and, and, and get people to attack and uh, um, abuse, uh, in effect, uh, those that, that refuse to conform. Uh, and we've seen all of those things. So fear is the foundation. And of course, we have a, um, a mechanism, a survival mechanism, which kicks in when we, we, we fear not surviving. And it's a mechanism that basically um, says, if it gets really out of hand, um, I have got to do anything necessary yeah. to survive. And part of that necessary uh, in, in vast numbers of people, we've seen it the last few months, is if I have to give my freedom away to survive, then I will. Uh, and and I'll, by the way, I'm, I'm going to attack people that, that refuse to because they, by their actions, because I've been convinced that's the case, um, they um, are... Uh, are putting my survival under threat. So th th this survival mechanism uh, is what they want to trigger because then you lose rational thought. You lose deep breath. Let's look at this from uh, a, a bigger picture point of view. How does this stack up? Does what we're being told make sense? None of that goes. It's I must survive. Uh, and so, so it is, you're right. It's about generating fear because once you are in fear of something, you will give your power away to what you believe will protect you from what you fear. And this, this is being used on us all the time, whether it's terrorism uh, uh, and, uh, and health or whatever it is. And uh, so, yeah, it's been a classic um, psyop on the human psyche to get billions of people to do um, what they want. Fortunately... It has concentrated the minds of, I know this from my own experience, of a large number of people who, who basically, because of their experience and, uh, of all this, have come out of denial. And oh. they've, they've started to say, well, hold on, maybe the world's not like I thought it was. And so that's been a very positive side of this. Yeah. David, you, you mentioned something before, nudging. Is, is that, uh, I heard something recently, I think it was Brett Weinstein said that, uh, I think it was maybe a Chinese form of, interrogation whereby they get 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 someone to give up something very light and very easy to give up like can you can you tell us that america isn't isn't good america you know say they have question an american guy interrogate an american guy and they'll just get him to give up a little bit and then they'll nudge him a little bit more and a little yeah. bit more and until he until you know you're finally getting the juicy stuff that you want but it's about small increments and it seems and to you've me just described you've just described what's happened yeah exactly <laughs> yeah bit by bit by bit See, this is this is what this is this is an interesting point you brought up. Um, if they had have been, if they had have brought in full blown lockdown right from the start, and crucially, certainly in Britain's case, um, if they hadn't uh, started handing out some payments, what they call furlough payments for mm -hmm. people who, who are laid off, then there would have been a big reaction against it. So what they've literally done with these furlough payments in Britain, and this, other countries have done, done the same, um, is they've bought time. Uh, and they've bought time, and people thought, oh, you know, you, you, I won't rebel because I, I can still kind of just about, you know, you know keep going. 
uh, businesses can't. They've destroyed so many of them. But in, in terms of em- employment payments, they've just about just about keep going. Uh, and they didn't bring the the big lockdown in immediately. Um, uh, they've done it in increments, increments, and and so they're kind of pulling you in like a like a fishing line. Mm-hmm. Uh, where okay, uh, the other thing they're doing is that, that they've they've done is oh well we're going to consider whether the lockdown once they've smacked it all in we're going to consider whether the lockdown um, is um, is going to be eased um, at this date and people say oh well it's only just a bit longer and what's happening in Britain is oh no we've we've decided we're going to keep it going and, and and so they pull you along and then of course what happens and what's happening now. Um, is as they say, okay, we're going to ease the lockdown. What happens is life doesn't go back to normal. Life goes yeah. back to what they're calling the new normal, um, new which is normal, uh, yeah. ludicrous. You know, oh yeah, we're opening the pubs. Well, actually, you're not, are you? Because we all have to st- stay a- apart from each other. We have to queue to get in. Some pubs are saying you have to <laughs> you have to book to come in. I mean, it's crazy. Hey, David, and, and David I, have a, I have an automated message I want to relay to you that I heard that really boggled my mind, and I'm sure that it'll boggle your mind as well. It said on the radio here in Thailand, if you love someone so much, you will distance yourself from them. Yeah, I know. That, and and, and that, that made, uh, you know, as a logical aspect, that doesn't make any sense because as love, you want to touch, you want to hold the, the people you love. And now it's if you love someone, you will distance yourself from mm. them. Yeah, uh, and that's what we're getting um, all over the world. Um, and th- there's a common theme here. See, what, what if, if you look at um, random individual events, they look a certain way, but you, you, you look at how they connect and you'll see the pattern, you'll see the picture. And this is why, uh, to understand where this cult is uh, in the process of taking the world, is to understand events as they happen. I have this phrase, um, know the outcome and you'll see the journey. If you uh, don't know where we're being taken and how in terms of psychological manipulation, then all events are random and they make no sense uh, and, and they just seem in and of themselves. But once you realize where we're being taken, then they suddenly make absolute sense because what you're looking at is not random events, but stepping stones to that outcome. So the the longer term outcome, and it's not that longer term. I mean, we're only talking that I mean, they're only talking 10 years or so is to have a fusion of the human body with um, artificial intelligence artificial intelligence connected to the human brain so that we um, we basically become AI in terms of our thoughts and our emotional responses or what will pass for them then. Uh, and uh, we're being taken into what I call the Hunger Games Society. I've been writing about this for decades. Uh, if people picture a pyramid, at the top of the pyramid is what's become, become known, and we'll, I'll use the term symbolically, although it's, it's, it's close to literally true, the 1%. At the bottom um, are the, basically the rest of humanity in, um, in servitude to the 1% because they are dependent upon the 1% for survival. And in the middle between the two is a what is planned to be in the end, a military police state imposing the will of the 1% on the population and stopping the population rebelling against the 1%. 
that structure has been in my books for decades uh, as the goal, the outcome. And that pyramid is designed to be run and controlled by AI technology. So it, it, when I did a, an interview um, before the lockdown in Britain, uh, and I was asked, um, what's going on here? I said, right at the start, I described that structure. And I said, this um, pandemic hoax is going to give them all that they want here. So you've got to ask yourself, um, have they have they um, have they struck lucky? Yeah, well, it's, it's like I'm so sorry, David. It's like step one because what what they've done so far is they've removed a lot of small businesses, right? And then you've got yeah. your people like your Amazons and you know who else who have who have survived and who will survive and who oh, do deliveries. So that's so they're getting bigger. Yeah. So, so you, I think, I think we're starting to see the the. The sort of uh, em- what what would you call it the the embers of that now because exactly. you know you've seen a level of society removed. Right? But I think what you're touching on there when you mention companies like Amazon is that I think we all have to kind of realise that fundamentally, a baseline Amazon is Google is Facebook. Yes. You know they're they're all part of the 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 same thing. But what really interests me, David, is um, when you mention uh, AI. And a lot of people might not be familiar with the term. Is um, you mentioned that it could be integrated so that it will eventually become uh, your subconscious. Yeah. Well, eventually um, the Elon idea is neural net. Eventually, uh, the, the the idea is that AI becomes the human mind. So uh, at the moment, see when you've got billions of people, and at the core, I'm not kidding. At the core of the core of this cult that's driving this, you could get them in one room. Uh, And a few can only control the many by manipulating the target population to enslave itself, which is what uh, happens. Uh, And uh, also, you can only do that, I keep keep doing me nose, because the the sweat's making me nose itch. Uh, um, You can only um, uh, do that by uh, controlling perception, because, You cannot physically, you can once AI is the human mind, but before that, you can't physically um, impose your will upon people because um, there's not enough of you. So you have to manipulate perception because from perception comes behavior. If you control perception, you control behavior because our behavior comes from perception. And perception comes from information received. So control the information that people receive. This is why all the censorship's going on now in um, Silicon Valley and elsewhere. You um, control information, you control perception, you control uh, um, behavior. The idea is um, to replace that with a direct connection by AI, which means you don't have to manipulate perception anymore. because Perceptions coming direct. This is where we're we are um, we are heading, and uh, what we're looking at is a stepping stone. What I call the totalitarian tiptoe of fundamentally connected events to um, lead us to that um, to that outcome. Now, coming up to to what you've just been talking about about hugging and being close. The idea is that. Humans have a relationship with technology, with AI. This is why they're putting AI technology everywhere with these echoes and series and, and, and dolls for kids that, that uh, 
they can interact with AI because they are building up this psychological interaction with AI uh, so that people interact with it as if AI is human. This is, David, this is where so, it's going. So, sorry to interrupt, but do you, do you think that's, that's why they're, is, is that why they're pushing us apart physically, telling yeah. us that we can't contact, you know, come into contact with each other and, and kind of aiming to replace us with with AI essentially. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I was just I was just coming to that. So so you've got this um, fusion with AI, and at the same time they're pushing humans apart. This this is what social distancing is about. It's what masks are about. Well, masks are also about causing respiratory problems uh, in a cumulative way, which they're then going to call COVID bloody 19. But um, the, the other uh, part of it is how can you have an, a human interaction with someone with a mask on? But you've got a mask on. How can you? you there's, there's, no, there's no facial features. There's no uh, natural interaction. It's all pushing people apart. And when you lock down and you have any kind of human-human contact, apart from the few people in your house, you are communicating via technology, in, in other words, via an AI technology. So we're being pulled apart while we're being fused with um, AI technology. This is all part of the process. It's, it's and, interesting, David, I'm, I'm just going to cut in. Uh, when, when you talk about AI and um, video games, it's really interesting as well. Um, when, when I look at uh, children now, they play video games and they're often in groups of like 12, like similar to, um, you know, hunting groups uh, in, in past societies. And they would get into groups of like 12 of them. They're each in their own house, in their own bedrooms, and they, they would get together and they will, um, you know, they will fight in these like little battalions. And uh, it's very, you know, it's, 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 it's acting on um, our instincts to be um, part of a group, but it's completely apart from our instincts because it's all online. And I can see the manipulation of people's, uh, you know, societal instincts being manipulated by AI technology and transhumanism. Um, so it, it's, it's very cunning and it's very clever, the, the way it operates. The, 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 the whole foundation of it, I've been saying this for years, the whole foundation of the conspiracy is, is, is psychology. Because, because to control people's behavior, you have to control their psychology, their perception. The whole focus of the manipulation, I mean, there are many ways it plays out in different ways, but the focus, the foundation of it is psychology. Mm. Uh, and what they're doing at the moment um, is changing psychology. What uh, they are calling the new normal or the Great Reset, and by the way, the Great Reset was in my books for years as a code term for this transformation of human society. Now people like Prince Charles are using it openly. We need the Great Reset. Uh, the New Normal, the Great Reset, these are just different names for a transformation of human psychology. And, you know, we've had in Britain, and people will have had around the world, uh, impositions during this uh, lockdown, that make no sense whatsoever, but they're not meant to. See, we, we at one point had um, a situation where you could meet one parent or grandparent in a park, but not in their garden, because if, if you meet them in the garden, maybe you've got to go through their house. Mm -hmm. But at the same time this was in place, 
people were then uh, by that time allowed to have um, uh, uh, cleaners uh, and uh, estate agents uh, and nannies in the house. So at that point, you could have them, mm. but you couldn't have your parent or grandparent in your house. And you couldn't uh, meet uh, two of them at the same time, only one, and then you'd have to go meet the other. Now, this makes no sense. It's, it's extraordinarily stupid. Uh, uh, wearing a mask, which um, where the pores are bigger than uh, viral particles, uh, uh, makes no sense. But what it does, the more ridiculous contradictory and stupid you can get people to acquiesce to the more you're breaking their spirit you're breaking their resistance and i'm sure that i'm literally i'm sure this is the case they're sitting around a table um saying what more do you think they'll take because i've i've had this analogy get away with yeah get away with what will they what will they acquiesce to and, and, and if they'll acquiesce to a bit more and there's no pushback, we go a bit further. Mm. And uh, so uh, we, I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it's the same in, uh, you know, where you are, but in, uh, in, in Britain, uh, well, shopping. Well, I'm curious. I'm, cu- I'm very curious, David, because we say fi- there, there was a, there's a, there's a, a American rock band called Rage Against the Machine, as they would yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, and they talk about raging against the machine, the political systems and everything like that. And then you have these movements like uh, Black Lives Matter in the world. And, and it's and it started in the U.S. and now it's spreading worldwide where it's in France, it's in U.K., it's, it's all over the world. And they're fighting against oppression from a police state, as, as you would say. And yet... Some of these, you know, these ideological uh, groups that are out there, uh, we would say, are funded by outside entities. You know what I mean? The, you know, the top-down pyramid scheme. I mean, so if 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 some of us that want to make a difference in the world, like to 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 try and fight against the system, but yet we join a group within like Black Lives Matter that is in the pyramid scheme, how do we make a difference in the world? What do we need to do? How do we do it without joining? The, the 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 fundamental uh things that are wrong you know what i mean i i i'm confused as a young person what do i need to do to join you know because i don't want to join the wrong faction like black lives matter that is actually uh funded by the people at the top as you would say yeah you know, what well, do i need to do as a young person because it's a psychological game you have to be uh, streetwise to how people are psychologically manipulated. And, and unfortunately, what's known as the woke mentality, um, not least because of the programming that's gone on, the intensity of the programming that's gone on in the last few generations in the schools and universities has been, um, has been monumental. And, and basically, it has, um, it has turned out, and I don't cast aspersions on all young people at all. I, I don't cast aspersions on anyone, but I mean, I don't apply this to all young people. I'm frankly staggered at the number of young people who've seen through it given the level of of perceptual programming that's gone on year after year in the education system um, systematically to um, to transform their perceptions Uh, and so you have a, a, a an education system which over the last few generations has um not educated people 
they've not educated people about um, the ways of the world. They've educated them or they've downloaded um, a perceptual program, which is now known as um, woke. And woke is incredibly naive uh, because it does not understand how the world works and it doesn't connect dots. It only sees um, what it's what is in front of it. So we've had this bizarre situation. I'll come to, I'll come around to what, what, what we can do in a minute. And I could talk for hours about that. But um, we've had a situation, for instance, where. Um, we've been forced into lockdown, house arrest. I'm not forced into it. People have acquiesced into it. And it has had a series of um, fascistic consequences. One, it has destroyed the um, independent livelihoods of vast numbers of people, which has created uh, this Hunger Games society uh, on a much greater level than it was before the lockdown, which is exactly what they wanted. This is being used um, to create a 24-7 surveillance system for a a virus, even if you believe it exists, some of us don't, um, that according to even mainstream estimates now has a a infection to fatality rate of 0.26%. And if you are under 70, it's something like 0.04%. And on the back of that, Um, We're being told by um, psychopaths like Bill Gates that everybody on the planet has to be vaccinated against it. Um, We have um, seen um, already the emerging catastrophe, and it's going to be, of people who, uh, because they've not been diagnosed or treated in the lockdown period, are going to, and you know, doctors are saying this, that the life expectancy of a very large number of people is going to be shortened because of lack of diagnosis and lack of treatment during the um, lockdown. We've had vast numbers of old people die, not from COVID-19, just a cover story that is, but from um, not being given treatment for other things in preconditioned places. illnesses, you know, preconditioned yeah, illnesses, illnesses like heart nursing and, and loneliness so, as well, right? So we've had all of this. We've had um, fine detail imposition on our lives all over the world. Where's the freaking outrage? Where's the outrage? Where's the protests? Um, the and yet, protests go to George Floyd. You know, we're protesting yeah, yeah, George yeah. Floyd in uh, Minneapolis. At the end of this, as, as they, they roll back some of the extremes of it, and it's all coming back, by the way, uh, all in the plan, but as they roll back the extremes of it, the most extremes of it now, this is a period of reflection, surely, for people to say, what, what just happened? And on the basis of what? And look at my situation now compared to what it was before, on the basis of what? Instead, very large numbers of people who sat there like good little boys and girls, government says it's dangerous, so we're going to sit at home and I'm going to have a go at anyone who, who, who goes in their garden more than once a day. Suddenly, <laughs> in an instant, overnight, went from that to shoulder-to-shoulder protests, as you say about... Do, do you think, David... Do you think Boris, uh, Boris Johnson, uh, our, our headmaster, if we're to carry this uh, schoolboy, schoolgirl analogy forward, really had uh, COVID-19? Uh, well... I would say he didn't for a simple reason. I say there isn't a COVID-19. 
Um, uh, he had something, but um, then you have to ask the question, in a country of 66 million people, where a fraction, tiny fraction, I, I personally, um, in all this period, know no one who have had it and no one who's been sick with it. Nobody. Nobody. And every time I ask somebody, I, I say that, do you, do you know anybody who's had COVID-19? Yeah. Or do you know anybody that's, that's, um, that's the, this virus? We don't know anyone. Well, well, no, we do. We do. Be okay. Between all four of us, we know yeah. two people who have died, yeah. right? Between four of us and our friends' friends, we know two. <laughs> well, very rarely, in my experience, they'll say, yes, I do. So you say, okay. Um, so, um, so tell me the story. When they tell you the story, it's clear that they didn't. Because what we have to do is to go back to this. The PCR test, which they're using to test whether you have COVID-19 or not, does not test for COVID-19. You have um, the inventor of the test, who won a Nobel Prize for it, called Kerry Mullis. He invented this PCR test in the 1980s, who said this should not be used to diagnose infectious disease. <laughs> So, I mean, it, so, but, so you have this test that doesn't test for what you say it's testing for. And if you get a positive result, you say that they have something that the test is not testing for. And, and if anyone then dies after bit testing positive, COVID-19 goes on the death certificate. In fact, COVID-19 goes on the death certificate almost no matter what now. I mean, when you have a situation in America where there are massive financial incentives for um, diagnosing someone COVID-19 pneumonia instead of regular pneumonia and uh, vast incentives to put those people onto ventilators. Um, I mean, like tens of thousands of dollars um, for an in every individual. You know, there's, there's a scam going on. When doctors are, are being sent suddenly new guidance for how to fill in a death certificate, they've been filling in all their careers with no problem uh, to put COVID-19 on it. When, when you have rules like in, in Scotland where anyone that tests positive for COVID-19 with a test that's not testing for COVID-19 and then dies of anything within 28 days, then COVID-19 must go on the death certificate. When you have a British doctor working for the British National Health Service coming out a couple of weeks ago and saying that uh, he knows that other doctors have been putting COVID-19 on death certificates for any cause of death since, um, as he put it, from early March onwards, um, and the same's coming out in America and other places, you know there's a massive scam going on. Because if you've got a genuine virus that's genuinely uh, deadly or harmful, you don't need to fix the figures. It's exactly the same scam as human-caused climate change, which the same cult mm -hmm. is also hoaxing. Look at the common themes between the two. To justify their position, both, of, both are having to fix the figures. I mean... The data figures for um, climate and temperature have been exposed many, many times as being fixed. Because if you've got a genuine problem, you don't have to do that. But if you haven't and you want to give the impression of it, then you have to fix, um, fix, fix the data. I mean, David, so, it, it seems like um, you know someone could have an underlying condition, like, but but die of something else. For example, um, an alcoholic, a heavy alcoholic, alcoholic could die, and they could have. Um, let's say cancer, um, but they didn't die of the cancer. They died because they were a heavy alcoholic and their you know, internal organs failed. And they, um, because, because they had cancer, they're not going to mark it down as he died as, of cancer. But it seems to me that if you have COVID, 
and you die of anything else because purely because you have been diagnosed with having COVID is going to go in the, the death certificate and um, people are going to think, well, that's how he died. Well, Paul, on top of that, I, I watched a podcast uh, recently. Uh, you had a podcast with an Israeli uh, a podcaster and you said that these, right. these, these hospitals get money. They get they get money for for ventilators. They get money for having COVID nineteen patients in quarantine. So they get money for it, especially in a, in a hospital in in the United States where they're privately owned. It's almost like an they incentive. get money. You know, they get money. So these COVID deaths it, it equates to money. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly that. And and so you you ask why that is, and you know a, a, a number of doctors in American doctors have uh, have come out and, and and been outspoken. And what happens next is their videos get deleted from YouTube, which is a cult operation through um, through uh, through Google. But if you, if you look at the um, the sequence of events, because this is all been played out uh, according to a script, and it works like this. Um, First of all, um, the, the way the world is, is controlled and the way that these things, these pandemics can be pulled off is through a, a global structure of secret societies and semi-secret groups and um, agencies, etc. Um, that operates like a transnational corporation. So you've got the headquarters, in this case in the shadows, um, that dictates the policy. This, this is this cult at the top of the pyramid I talked about. And in each country... Um, there is a network of families of secret societies, semi-secret groups, and, and they operate in the, the agencies of the institutions. And their job is to impose in their country the centrally dictated agenda. And so you have these different hierarchical pyramids in each country, which this cult controls from the top. This includes the medical pyramid, um, uh, which is basically the big pharma uh, cartel uh, pyramid of the scalpel and the drug and if you talk i talked earlier about um imposition acquiescence if you take the medical pyramid in each country you only need a very few people at the top to dictate policy and then everyone else acquiesces it and imposes it on the next level and the next level uh, and so you talk to doctors who've actually come out and um, and, and expose some of this, and you say, well, wh why haven't more doctors done it? Well, because they're just doing as they're told without question, because they know their career's in trouble if you don't. And this has been the sequence. First of all, China is one of the great, if not very close to, to you know, up there now, uh, centers for this cult. Um, and what they've done since the Mao cultural revolution, which the woke people are, are now um, wanting to impose upon the world, um, they have incubated within China the very society, and then some, that they want the world to be. So you've got the technology control, you've got the face recognition cameras, millions of them, where they can find someone in social minutes. Credit. <laughs> yeah, it's the social credit system, exactly. Collective society. So, so you've got this, and um, the cult controls China. It created the new China as an incubation society that they want to play out across the world. So you look at the Western world since this virus pandemic hoax, and it's become more and more and more like China. This is not having a go at Chinese people. Chinese people, of course, are oppressed by this system. It's, it's not the Chinese 
they want to um, basically play out across the world. It's the Chinese model that they want to play out across the like world. A, a system yeah. that they wish to, to emulate, that, that same kind of system. Yeah. This is why Silicon Valley uh, giants and their you know, uh, uh, cult operatives are so close to, uh, to China. Uh, so the idea was you start this off in China. And when people started getting ill, we were told in China, uh, how, were they, um, how were they diagnosing people? They were diagnosing people at first only on symptoms. And they were flu-like symptoms. Now, flu-like symptoms in a place like Wuhan, which has extraordinarily uh, toxic air, um, is, is an epidemic ongoing uh, uh, any time of the year. Uh, so they, they diagnosed uh, this new virus. So when you break down um, what they did, um, they took um, lung fluid from people who were, were ill and uh, they never isolated that fluid to show that there's a virus. They took a genetic material, an RNA code, which was not a virus. That's what the PCR is testing for, um, which is not a virus. They've never isolated it, never shown it to exist. So first of all, they're, they're diagnosing people with this new virus on, um, on symptoms. Then they introduce the test, and the test is testing for not COVID-19. Uh, uh, but the key, this was the key of the whole scam, there was draconian lockdown. And mm -hmm. you remember, mm -hmm. people were, uh, you, you saw pictures of people walking down the street and just collapsing in the street with this deadly illness. Why has that never happened in the West? Same virus, isn't it? Never happened. <laughs> so, so what you've got is the key. It is true. The, the draconian true. lockdown was the way to, to respond to this virus. Immediately, the World Health Organization, which is owned by Bill Gates, is its um, second biggest funder. And if Trump pulls uh, uh, American government funding, then it will be the biggest funder. And Tedros from Ethiopia, a totally corrupt man, uh, who's the director general of uh, the World yeah. Health Organization. He, he covered up the cholera thing, didn't he, in Ethiopia? Yeah, right? he, yeah. Exactly. He was exposed for uh, covering up cholera um, outbreaks and he was on the payroll of a Gates organization called Gavi, the uh, Vaccine Alliance. He's a Gates man, just there. He's not a doctor, a, a medical person. He's just a, a, a mouthpiece for Gates. So he comes out um, when this Chinese thing was going on, and he says, the Chinese way of dealing with this virus is the way to deal with it. Gates comes out and says the same. But there was a problem. Um, China is still uh, over there somewhere over the rainbow country to many people in the West. We're, we're very close to, to that now. <laughs> yeah, what, what they had to do to really lock this uh, uh, response in was to have a Western country um, uh, have a, a, a dramatic outbreak of this deadly um, disease. And they chose Italy. And so where did they choose in Italy? They chose Northern Italy in an area of Italy called Lombardy, which has um, by far the biggest death rate in, in any region of Italy because oh. of notoriously toxic air. Wow. So um, what, they, um, what they then said um, uh, later, after all the pictures, oh, uh, we're locked down. You, you, you remember Italy locked down very early on March the 9th uh, and, and the whole country. Uh, and this was now, okay, this is the way to deal with it. Well, it turns out later, but this is official Italian government figures. 
99% of those who died of COVID-19 in an area of massive respiratory disease because of the toxic air, et cetera, um, 99% had other morbidities, as they called, uh, one, two, three, four or more reasons for them to die. Mm. And uh, after uh, all the, the numbers, oh, look at the numbers, ah! But the uh, Italian uh, uh, um, authorities came out and said, actually, this was the word they used, um, we were a little generous with uh, designating uh, COVID-19 on death They then decided that only about 12% of those who were designated to have died of COVID-19 actually did. Um, I say it's too bloody late now, Italy. <laughs> so now, because it's all psychological, you see, yeah. now the West has something Western it can relate to. And it was, this could be us next. And I had a um, communication from a medical scientist in America who works in, in American medical system. This was very early on, very early on. I mean, the, 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 all the, 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 ma the major lockdowns in the West really hadn't gotten away. And um, he was pointing out that uh, there was no virus. And, and what there was was a new test. As what uh, one German doctor said, um, we don't have a new virus, we have a new test. This is the PCR test that's not testing for COVID-19. And he said, if you were um, wanting to create a fake pandemic, then um, you would pick a coronavirus because there's a whole family of coronaviruses which are in the body uh, uh, normally and, and, and the immune system keeps them under, under, uh, under control, no problem. But you'll test for them. Um, and and uh, you won't test for COVID-19 because it doesn't exist, but you, you could test for other coronaviruses, which, which uh, you know, people have in their bodies. Um, and so he said, you pick a coronavirus. And he said, he said something else very interesting, which, which turned out to be absolutely true. He said, look, um, if you can't produce enough dead people from your virus, because there isn't a virus, basically, then what you do is say, oh, well, um, no, there's not a lot of people dying now, but it's coming. And the way you... you the you second wave, that, the second wave, the second wave, I mean, as the they're saying. I'm, I'm talking about the first wave here. And, mm -hmm. and he said, the way you um, uh, support the fact that, oh, it's coming, is computer models. Mm -hmm. And so we have, uh, not just us, but America and many other countries, locked down... Um, not because of the numbers of people who were dying at the time, according to the official figures, but because computer models out of the Imperial College in London, which is unbelievably massively funded by uh, Bill Gates, and a guy called um, Professor Neil Ferguson, funded by Bill Gates, um, came out with these computer models that said half a million people could die from this in uh, Britain if there's no lockdown, two million people in America could die from this if there was no lockdown. Once the lockdown happened and ooh, mission accomplished, because now the livelihoods of people and businesses were underway uh, with all the things that they won, um, they, they, they rolled it back ran massively. Oh, no, well, maybe not so many will die. Uh, and, of course, it, it's been monumentally wrong, and uh, Ferguson and um, Imperial College have been uh, massively discredited. But this medical scientist preempted this and exactly what, what happened. And he said something else. What they'll say then is when their massive figures don't, um, don't happen, they'll say, ah, no, it won't because we were wrong. It's because 
the lockdown stopped it happening. <laughs> Which when you, when you look at states in America and, and Sweden and Japan, et cetera, where there wasn't a lockdown, um, they were either on a par with... No loons, isn't it? There, there's, there's no work dirtier or darker for a scientist or a mathematician. And it seems that the, uh, you know, the, the figures that they came up with and the, the models that they supplied um, just eradicates the, uh, the smaller businesses and the medium-sized businesses and the, you know, the common person who um, now has no real way to make a living. Um, you have to rely on huge corporations and you have to rely on governments. And that seems to be, that's, that seemed to have been the plan all yeah, along. Absolutely. Yes, it was. Um, and I said that, like I said earlier, I said that in an interview, even before lockdown happened, this is why they're doing it. This is what's, this is what's going to happen. They, they want, what, see, again, I come back to this. Once you know where they want to go, this Hunger Games Society structure I uh, described, reading events day by day is, is, is child's play because you can see the movement towards that, um, that goal, that end. Uh, and uh, just if, if you're going to put people in a position of absolute dependency, thus control, mm. on the few at the top, you have to destroy their um, access to an independent livelihood. Mm. Otherwise, you, you're not yeah. going to put them in that situation of dependency. That's what it's all about. And, uh, you know, we, like I said earlier, in Britain and other countries, um, they've been buying time to stop a, a real reaction against this, which would have come had there been no payments, because people wouldn't have been able to eat. Mm -hmm. You know, in Britain, they've said, we'll keep them going, although they've lowered them now, uh, until October. But the point when they go, because uh, I know a lot of companies, and it will be phenomenal numbers of companies if you play it out, who are um, still theoretically employing people they did employ, because while they, that they accept that, then these furlough payments, as they called, for people laid off because of the virus, um, will continue. But when those payments stop and there's, there's no reason for uh, or, or the payments stop, then the companies need to take back the workers and start paying them. They're not going to be able to. And at that point, unemployment, official unemployment is going to go through the stratosphere. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah. David, there's, there's no better way to enslave someone than to have them reliant on you for something, right? For something essential. Because yeah. then you've got them in the palm of your hand, basically, right? Yeah, which brings us to this. By the bollocks. Um, they are, um, they are all, already in the process of um, creating a sequence of events that will eventually create a food crisis, a food shortage. Uh, because um, if next. You, you, talk, you talk there about if you can get people dependent, absolutely right, you control them. But the, the more fundamental that dependency is, um, the more control and apart ability. from air and water there's nothing more fundamental uh, for human survival than food and if you can control the food by uh, creating uh, manipulated shortages is what they're planning already yeah. then because um, so much food that would have been circulated has been um, has been lost because all the supply chains broke with all the restaurants and stuff and many other things all uh, being uh, closed, uh, and, and farmers have, have, have lost enormous amounts of money because they can't sell their produce. 
so this and, and, and a lot of things are happening in food processing plants and stuff, um, which are, are, are designed eventually to lead to this food shortage. Um, because that's that's all planned. Because if you can get people dependent on you for food, then you're gonna um, you're gonna be in a position of tremendous control. So David, and, is that yeah. is is that the next is that the next step? Is that, is that what's coming next? In the demolition the, of society. Yeah, exactly, the demolition of society. Yeah. Can, can, can I add on to that as well, David? Yeah. And we'll make this the last question, I think. As, as, well, as, as his next step thing. Um, and, and where, and do you think this will happen, but where does the staged alien invasion come oh, into that? Or is that, yeah. is that bullshit? I don't know. Well, uh, what, what I was going to say is, um, to, towards the, at the end of this... Um, this new book, The Answer, so the printers now. Um, I, I, I do two chapters which absolutely take this pandemic hoax apart, strand by strand, with, with factual evidence. But um, I say towards the end of the second of the chapters, um, what we can think, uh, what we can um, uh, look at now is a series of upheavals and um, basically society changing events that on the face of it have nothing to do with a virus. And, and the thing, the book was only just at the printers when all these riots and uh, stuff start, uh, broke out with Black Lives Matter, which is another uh, uh, effort. It's why Black Lives Matter is funded by the, uh, the 1% corporations, 1% billionaires, 1% foundations, because it's there to drive on racial grounds people apart. Do you believe the that the Black Lives Matter is, is, as much as it's, you know, it's a very relevant topic, especially right now, do, do you believe that it's some form of, of a wedge, a wedge to kind of oh, drive, us, drive us in different well, directions? Look. One of its major major funders has been George Soros. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. George Soros um, uh, has put so far thirty two billion dollars into the Open Society Foundations, uh, uh, which is his vehicle for the global manipulation on behalf of the cult. Um, and George uh, Soros has said publicly that uh, in his business uh, of making money, which is a real easy thing to do, if um, you know when the market's going up and when the market's going down because those you, uh, that own you are, uh, are making it go up and down. It's really easy to make money. You don't have to be bright to do that. Um, but you make vast amounts of money. And, and, and what happens with the Gateses and the Soroses, uh, et cetera, is when they make vast amounts of money because of their connections to the cult, um, there is a rider to that. They have to spend great chunks of that wealth on advancing cult agendas. So with, with Soros, it's... Uh, uh, funding things like Black Lives Matter and this whole woke agenda, which he's massively funded into existence, and, and many, many other things. Um, uh, uh, um, So-called um, uh, people's revolutions, they're actually not people's revolutions at all, like in the Arab Spring. He was fundamentally in the Open Society Foundations involved in triggering those, which turned out great for Arab people, didn't it? Yeah, wonderful. Uh, and uh, in terms of Gates, it's many, many things because he's generated so much money through uh, Microsoft. Uh, but but the, the foundation of Gates's contribution is control of the world health uh, policy mm -hmm. and um, imposing uh, vaccinations. So um, you've got Soros who said... Um, um, that he doesn't consider the social consequences of what he does in his financial business. Uh, he's just there to make money. 
And we're asked to believe that someone with those attitudes is going to put literally tens of billions of dollars into social justice organizations. I mean, please. Um, and, and the naivety is unbelievable. You know, in, in the days of the old left, which, which I grew up in, um, in a council house in Leicester, uh, the um, idea that you would, um, as a, a left uh, of center political uh, party or grouping, um, get in bed with multi-billionaires and multi-billionaire corporations and foundations was unthinkable. But now it's not a problem. As long as the, um, these um, uh, one percenters talk the language of woke and, and, and out wads of cash, they're, they're on our side now, uh, <laughs> or on the woke side. Because before uh, it was fighting against the man, wasn't it? Against the fucking one percent, against the man. It's like... Mm, yeah, it was highlighting inequality. And you see, this is, this is what um, things like uh, the Black Lives Matter uh, 1% funded organization does. It diverts from the real um, injustice. The real injustice is economic. You know, you've got um, the, the, a handful of people now, literally a handful, that have the same amount of wealth as the poorest half of the population. Mm. That's, that's the injustice. It doesn't matter mm. whether you're black, white, or, or any color, creed, or culture. That's the injustice. And it's about, uh, it doesn't matter if you're a Muslim, or, or, or a Jew, or, or um, a, a middle-class American, or if you're black, or, or Asian, or whatever. If you look at all those different cultures, it's not whether you're this color or that color or have this belief or that belief. The hierarchy is the small number of your grouping, whatever it may be, or your racial group, whatever it is, imposing the will, their will and holding the financial cards over the rest of the population. So what they want so that there's not a unity so black people and white people and Asian people and, 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 and all these other different uh, groups and uh, belief systems come together in unity to say we're all in this together because we're all being crushed by the same force. They want to divide. They have to divide those groups down racial and income lines and uh, religious lines so that the target population is at war with itself and the people pulling the strings of everybody uh, are, are left to, to, to go on doing that without too much uh, challenge or uh, sorry to interject here david but uh when you know in the united states and actually in the united because i'm american when united states ended uh you know when they said approximately when they did the uh the war in 1850 1851 to the uh, emancipation proclamation in 19 or 1855 it actually came later than the rest of the world right britain would had already freed themselves of, of slavery in the early 1800s and they did it actually because they, they figured that they can do it without actually uh, uh, enslaving people. They can actually do it through financial means from uh, the slaves. They used to actually say, okay, so you don't want to be slaves. Why don't we employ you on our, on our, on, on our, on, you know, on our, our, our systems and our fields and we'll pay you, but then we can indebt you through our companies and our, and, and, and our, and our stores that we had and they indebted people. And nowadays, the modern form of slavery is debt. You enslave exactly. someone through debt and where they feel that they can't get out. And that's what slavery was in the 1850s. Well, look they, at here can, in, they cannot get out. Look and here in Thailand, everyone is 
everyone wants to to look good. David, face is a very big thing here here in Thailand. You know, you, you have to have the nicest car, you have to have the nicest watch, otherwise, um, people just look at you like you're you're nothing. And um, people tend to get into major, you know, higher purchase schemes with cars and houses and things. Just things that they they cannot really pay back. It's not regulated like yeah. the UK no, as well, right? Absolutely not. No, they're they're kind you're of forced into this. You're absolutely right what you just said. Uh, when people talk about slavery in the past tense, what they're talking about is one expression of slavery. Mm-hmm. One expression of, of slavery was um, white people, uh, some black people too, by the way. That, that's not, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. forget that. Um, actually owning other human beings, black, black um, slaves. Um, but that was a form of slavery. And because that ended doesn't mean slavery ended. The whole world is enslaved because, um, not least financially, you're absolutely right, because what is freedom? Freedom is choice. Freedom is the ability to make choices. So uh, the more choices you can make about your life, the freer you are. The fewer choices, the less free you are. You talk about uh, the, the, the black slave era that, uh, you know, we is being well documented. Um, that was a case of a slave having no freaking choices, except what the so-called master uh, uh, told him or her to do. So freedom is about the ability to make choices. And the world financial system owned by the cult, which is why I say that the injustice is economic across the, the swathe of humanity, uh, the, uh, the control of the financial system is control of people's choices. And if you look at the consequences of this lockdown, people have fewer and fewer choices as mm-hmm. a result of the um, consequences of the lockdown, which means they have less and less um, freedom um, even even where they physically want to go is now um, uh, taken away in terms of choice that's in very interesting because uh, one thing that I did want to point out is everywhere in the world I'm talking to my friends in the United States we're lucky to have the communication to talk with people instantly most of the lockdown measures have been lifted uh, it, it congruently across the world they have been done at the simultaneously at the same time so tell me how Thailand, we live in Thailand, we live in Bangkok. Tell me how these restrictions are being limited at the same time as the restrictions are being limited in the UK or in the United States. How did it happen that they happen simultaneously? And how did it happen? Because there is someone at the top telling people that they need to lift them or give phases people, give people a little bit more freedom, you know what I mean? So that they don't complain, you know what I mean? I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, basically. Basically, you, you're just you're just um, letting letting the steam off the steam valve off. The idea is, I mean, I mean, let's think about it. We're in in Britain uh, and the West now. We're in midsummer. Uh, it's very hot. Uh, respiratory disease, which is the third biggest cause of death in the world, never mind COVID nineteen. It was before. So they have so many uh, ways that they can dub people COVID nineteen because there's so much rep- respiratory disease, not least among old people. Just very quickly, um, the reason this fake uh, virus overwhelmingly kills old people and uh, overwhelmingly doesn't affect young people is very simple. Old people have lots of other causes of death 
that can be dubbed COVID-19. Young people do not. They do not have the the diseases of uh, the death diseases, which can be um, designated COVID-19. So it's focused in a very, very small area of society because, I mean, like I said earlier, the uh, official estimates is that if you're less than 70, then the uh, the death rate of co- of uh, COVID nineteen is about 0.04 percent, mm-hmm. um, even if you believe it exists. And it's because they have all these other morbidities with old people, they can designate COVID nineteen. It's it's all uh, um, a, a in effect a death certificate bookkeeping fake testing scam. The whole the whole thing. Um, but you're right. What, what why would um, different countries in different parts of the world be doing the same thing when surely they would be in different phases of this virus if there was one. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it is uh, uh, crazy, but you're right. And the idea is that um, if you look now, we're in midsummer in the Western world. Uh, in, um, in a few months, as we come through September, October, November, we're going into the winter. That's when people start having colds, having uh, um, uh, coughs, and uh, sneezes and uh, pneumonia. Well, even here, David, when we kind of around about the same time, we we come into the wet season when uh, all the storms and things come in, and uh, oh, I yeah. mean, it affects everyone. I mean, and they'll designate all this sure. stuff. But before was oh, you got the flu, oh, you've mm. got a bit of a chill, oh, you've got a cold or COVID nineteen, uh, mm. and uh, so they'll bring the lockdown back in. That, that's that's the whole that's mm. the whole plan. And the the idea is. Um, and this is the Gates plan, that um, the, the only way out of lockdown will be to have the, the vaccine. Mm-hmm. The idea is to make it mandatory, but if enough people push back on it, then it will be okay. We won't force it on you, but you can't come out of lockdown until you have it. Uh, and this is, this is the, the, the plan um, uh, going forward. But if we come round, because I don't want I don't want to miss miss that question from earlier, um, which we've, we've been going off in all different directions, which would be very interesting. But, but I don't want to lose this. Um, what, what can young people do? What can all people do? Well, I, I see the first reaction um, to something that people don't like in any number is to protest. Okay, so you uh, unless you are protesting as in the Black Lives Matter protests, for something that the 1% want, then process, uh, protests go nowhere. You can have, we had a, a, a half a million, a million people on the streets of, uh, of London uh, protesting about the imminent invasion of Iraq in 2003. They invaded Iraq. Protests don't um, change anything unless one of two things. A, the 1% want what the protesters are demanding, in which case, oh, we'll concede to you because it's what we want anyway. And secondly, unless the protests are also involving non-compliance, non-cooperation and refusal to acquiesce to our own enslavement. You know, we've just had um, uh, masks made mandatory on uh, British public transport. They tried to get me to wear one on a ferry the other day. I wouldn't. Um, and um, because, uh, you know, if you concede to stupid, you become stupid. Uh, but if say, say lo- lo- lots of people didn't want to wear the masks. So 
they have a protest outside parliament. We stop, stop the imposing of masks. Uh, and then they get on public transport and they put the mask on and go home. <laughs> you don't need to protest. You don't need to protest. You just need not to acquiesce. Mm. So um, you've got a, a, a train guard or whatever going down the, the train. Oh, you know, you, you've got to wear a mask, got to wear a mask. We're not doing it. What's he going to do? Mm. I'll call the police. Well, he's got a train full of people. I won't do it. Well, what are you going to do? Can I just interject, David? And I know, I know that you're talking about a wider point, and the, the mask isn't the specific point of no, the question. It's, it's just the, it's just the, the principle. The, the way you're delivering the thing. It yeah. can't happen. But I, a, a lot of people will, will not forgive me if I don't say something about, because you've you mentioned masks a few times, and I've, I've been an advocate for masks. Now, I, I love you, David. I, I, I don't even really want to do this, but I, I just feel I'll kick myself after the episode if I don't say something because I've been saying it to everyone else. If I don't say something now, I'll be a hypocrite. So I just want to say... Mickey's a superhero and he wears a mask <laughs> every day. But, but I just, my, my point is that all, all ties wear masks. They do anyway. Whenever they're sick, they wear a mask. It's just in, ingrained in the culture. And we've done very well with COVID here in Thailand. Very, very well. We haven't had any person-to-person uh, -person infection for 25 days. 30, 30 days now. 30 days. The local infections. Yeah. And I, I agree that while masks are not foolproof, that even if they just stop it 2 or 3%, you know, that would have got through, therefore doesn't get through, two people are wearing masks as well. So it's got I think it just barriers. makes people feel more, more for, comfortable. For me, it's just it's something in the line. Yeah, he's got his. I've got mine over there. We, because it's the culture here. And... I don't feel like I'm enslaved or, or sort of buying into any propaganda by, by wearing a mask. T to be honest, I just think it's easy to do. And well, that's your choice. Yes, absolutely. Um, I, absolutely. I say that um, wearing a mask is ongoing long term is very bad for your, uh, your health because yeah. you're breathing in carbon dioxide and you're not breathing in oxygen. Uh, if you go onto the website today, um, there's a, a posting of a guy who, who got an oxygen uh, uh, measurement uh, device and uh, checked the oxygen um, in uh, before the mask and after the mask. And, and, and the, the device I've been running, goes I've been running with mine on. Starts flashing. Really starts flashing. Yeah, but, but you know, um, you, can, you, can, you can do it. You can do it for a while, but uh, after a while it starts to impact upon you. Um, uh, especially if you've got problems in that area or you've got weakness in that area anyway. You're, I mean, you're breathing in your own expelled carbon dioxide on a level that you wouldn't without a mask. And, and fundamentally, the thing about masks is, why, why, do, why do people uh, put masks on to rob things? So they won't be recognized. They won't be, 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 uh, be, be seen. There was this no interaction where I, oh, I, I understand you, I see you, I, uh, um, I can have a human interaction with you. Masks stop that. Uh, I mean, I, I, all the time I'm, I'm looking at people with masks. I don't even know they are. People come Making up to me and say, oh, mate, how are you? I don't even know it is. Yeah, regardless of what industry so, there is so, or who, how they know you, everyone is becoming... Uh, kind of anonymous everyone's becoming some sort of is it's weird it's like a it's like some sort of weird movie where they're like a pawn and you just don't know who they are sometimes you just recognize the eyes you know? <laughs> but this is the point this is the point if you want to wear a mask if anyone wants to wear a mask it's not in my freaking business None. <laughs> but don't tell me i'm gonna put something some cover on my bloody face 
because mm. some dark suit prat um, who's who's being told from the background this is this is should be the policy, and a politician comes along and and and, and reads from a script saying we're introducing compulsory masks. Everyone's got to wear masks. Well, who the frickin' hell are you to tell me what I'm to put on my face or not? It's insane. And once you concede to that, where's it frickin' end? How about Absolutely. Mickey Mouse ears? Let's put them on. That, that, that <laughs> well, it's really advice. weird because because in the United States, ears, you never know. In the United know. States, there are Democrats and Republicans, and they 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 like to again, like you said, place people on sides. Like the people who are the people who ask questions, like why should I wear a mask? Why why do I need to do this? What if I have a medical condition? They're talked as as crazy people that you are not following the norm. You are not doing what you're supposed to. And it's like, well, yeah, I mean, that, that's yeah. another discussion, isn't it? Like to, to, to make people be- believe that they're, they're not, they're not following, like you say, following the norm. This is not the right thing to do. This is not the normal thing to do. You know, you, you're weird if you're not wearing a mask. You're not following these rules. And it's, it's a yeah, you're a threat to me. Therefore, I'm going to have a yeah. go at you in the street. Exactly, yeah. Um, I, I came across... Weaponizing people. Yeah. I came across the other night on the, on the Isle of Wight ferry, uh, and it left the other side at one minute to midnight, and compulsory masks on public transport came in at midnight. So I was basically uh, handed as I got on the on the on the boat the, the first mask to be issued uh, on British public transport. I must have been at the, uh, in the, the time I was in. Now I was the only passenger on that boat in the whole lounge of the entire ship. They wanted me to wear a mask. I told them where to stick it. Um, and then the captain came down <laughs> to the bridge. The captain came down to the bridge. Nice man. I had a chat with me about the rule and everything, and said, "Look, I can understand you not want you won't wear a mask when there's no one else here. Mm. But when you walk off the um, when you walk off the ship, would you would you mind wearing a mask?" I said, "Well, no, I won't, because <laughs> it's stupid, and I will not do stupid." Uh, and and I walked off the ship without wearing a mask, and full enough, no one died. Uh, so <laughs> it's, 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 it's it's not about choice. If 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 you want to cho- choose to wear a mask, good luck to you, mate. None of my mm. business. Don't tell me. I wouldn't impose on to be. And by the way, um, um, why am I a threat to you if you've got a mask on? Your mask is going to protect you in it. I love this. I love this with vaccines. <laughs> your 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 child's not vaccinated. He's a threat to my child. But your child's been vaccinated, right? Yeah. Well, uh, so that gives them um vaccinations so that's that's a whole new well, that's, that's that's opened it up a whole really, new conversation it's yeah. really weird because <laughs> the mainstream media and all you know all these people tell you to wear a mask and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden you that you know okay i'll wear a mask just to you know you know to to go out in public and look normal mm-hmm. the new normal i'll wear a mask just to just to you know, uh, not look different. You know from what's people. strange, when and then and then all of a sudden, you 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 know, after after this uh, whole lockdown starts going on, you start looking at people differently. Why isn't that person wearing a mask? All of a sudden, your mentality before all this shit started is why isn't this? You know, and I wasn't asking this question before this pandemic started. You know, what's weird is like when you mention the new normal. Um, I have a student. And uh, he's he's really bright. He's he's very very intelligent, like incredibly so. And uh, years beyond his age. And um, we were talking a few days ago, and he starts telling me about. I mean, he's he's what nine years old, 
Um, but and he starts telling me about the new normal, and and it was it was kind of depressing because I'm thinking he's nine years old, and the new normal to him is is essentially normal. You know, he's telling me this is the new normal. But when I was nine years old, like you know, the new normal for me would have been the normal. You know, so it's it's kind of depressing. Um, yeah, that's the thing. What he's going to be going into, but um, but uh, but uh, you know, on 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 that on that route as well. I mean. David, I just want to say that we're we're kind of coming to a, a close with regards to the time that we've got here, um, and we uh, obviously we you know really appreciate the fact that you're a busy man, and we you know thank you so much for yeah. taking the time I, to, I, to I, join can us. I, can, I just, can I just respond to that last point? Oh, sure. It's very, very important. Yes. Um, they they have a time scale mm. for the full blown introduction of this Hunger Games Society controlled by AI, human uh, brain connected to AI. Uh, and they're openly talking about 2030 and when that really gets uh, where they want it to be. But, of course, this this pandemic has, has pushed a lot of it forward and speeded it up. Uh, and basically, uh, they are programming. This is where the woke thing comes from. They're programming the young specifically to acquiesce to that society. Yeah. And for that to be their normal, that's the whole idea. And, and this is why they want to drive a wedge, as they're doing in every way they can, between the old and the young. Because older people have the, the radar of seeing and living in the world. I mean, I'm 68. Um, uh, back, um, I was born in 1952. I, I, I remember the world when it was nothing like what it is now. So I have that comparison radar. But if you're born into it, this is your normal. This is, this is the way things are. And, and one of the most uh, grotesque things I've seen in this entire pandemic hoax was seeing pictures of uh, very small children in playgrounds with chalk circles or squares around them. And, and they're told that, that they, they can't come out of them uh, during playtime because they can't interact with other kids. It's, it, they are literally programming what is new to us adults they're programming as um, from the start as the normal for the young because they're preparing them for this um, phenomenal change in human society that's being planned. Uh, and if I if I had children at school now, uh, and and that was the way the school worked, there's no way my children would be going to school, no way, because um, I would watch them be programmed. And I saw this other picture of of kids, little kids sitting on crosses six foot apart while their mothers in masks lined up to pick them up after school. This is extraordinary. Just go back to January, February, and imagine that this will be happening now. Um, there is, it literally is a transformation of human society by a transformation of the human psyche. And it's on that level that we need to, um, to resist it on the psychological level. This is why I say I will not concede to masks. You can put me in jail. You can do what you freaking like. I ain't wearing a mask. Because if I concede to that imposition, I'm not saying people shouldn't do it if they, don't, if, if they choose to, but if I concede to that imposition, it, so what imposition am I going to concede to next? And then which one? And then which one? And then which one? This is what's happening. Let, let's see what they'll take next because... I've used this analogy many times over the years, but my God, it fits current events. What they do is they push the gate 
And if there's no resistance, they walk through it. And they walk to the next gate and they push that. If there's no resistance, they walk through that and they go to the next gate. And each one of these gates is another extreme change in human society, which has not been resisted. Um, and if people just um, refuse to wear masks because they're being imposed, um, that would be a start in saying this gate ain't opening, mate. Uh, because the few can only control the many when the many concede their right to free thought uh, and uh, free choice to the few. David, um, this has been, well, it's like a dream come true for me, Savioli. Really, you, yeah, you, you don't understand so what this is like. It's, it's absolutely fantastic. So thank well, you so much for your time. Great talking to you. Will you come back? Will you come back again? Oh, yeah, sure. In a few months? Yeah. Oh, cheers. And do you ever come to Asia? I've had the hands-on healing and I've had the crystal therapy and it's, I can't shift it. <laughs> do, do, do you ever come to Asia, David? I'm fine. Um, I have been to Japan right. a number of times. Yeah, um, I've been to that part of the world there. Yeah, there's a lot of interest in this. Um, Maybe we'll book you to come over. I was, a, I was a friend of a guy called um, uh, Emoto, Dr. Emoto, who um, became very well known for... Um, what he basically did was um, take um, canisters of water and um, he would put a mobile phone on the side. He would write positive, nice and horrible, hateful things on the side of the canister. Uh, and then he would um, freeze the canister very, very quickly of water. And then uh, of, um, uh, of the water. And then he would uh, photograph the water crystals before they melted. And uh, he became well known because the difference in the water crystals between words of love and words of hatred, mobile phone, pure water, polluted water, was unfreaking believable. Words of love and appreciation, the crystals were beautiful perfectly geometrically beautiful uh, and then when you had words of hate it was just a mess uh, why because we're giving off vibrations all the time based on our perceptual state mm. and uh, that was impacting on the water and uh, and and changing the nature of the crystals and so um the, the more that people can be pulled into states of fear that was another low vibrational uh, frequency that created a mess rather than beautiful crystals the more they can be pulled into fear and hate and um anxiety depression uh the more we are um affecting each other by the the, the frequencies we're putting out and that's the level that the the um much of the answer lies understanding that and and so when people are in fear and they're in anxiety and they're in depression they say things like, oh, I feel so heavy today uh, because they are very low uh, vibrational frequencies that are generated by those emotional and mental mm -hmm. states. And so they, they vibrate very slowly and, and your energetic field moves into density and you feel, oh, I feel so heavy today. When you have joy and love and happiness and all those things. Oh, I feel so light today because they're mm. very high frequency. Uh, Something that certainly uh, resonates with, with, with me uh, and, and a lot of people yeah. I know as well. Yeah, just dealing with anxiety yeah. and things. I mean, I can yeah. I absolutely understand what you're saying. Yeah. So 
controlling perception doesn't only control your behavior, it controls the frequencies you're putting out. Mm. And we live in a sea of energy. What's on a, on a kind of molecular level, would you say? Well, yeah, well, the whole foundation of this reality is uh, waveform information. It's like mm. Wi-Fi. Um, and uh, the, the, well, we'll get into this another time, but the, the so-called physical world is an illusion. It's a um, holographic illusion. Uh, and in the same way that this um, computer is taking um, um, Wi-Fi information uh, from a radiation field. I'd love to discuss that with you. I'd love to like, I'd love really to love to get into that. With you. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> David. Yeah. Form on the screen. Mm. So um, this world, as we perceive it as solidity, um, is our computer screen. Mm -hmm. But what we are decoding it from is a, well, I call it cosmic Wi-Fi. It's exactly the same principle. And that's what I, I find very interesting mm, about this whole technological world is it's mimicking the way we create reality and, and, and the way we experience reality. Mm. But we'll get into that next time because that's next that. Sure, sure. <laughs> there is going to be, there is going to be a next time. Right. Wow. We're, we're going to get kicked out. We're not going to get kicked out. Not only, <laughs> not only did we have David Icke on the show, but he won't, we didn't piss him off. He wants to come back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> David, um, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. And we, we understand that you're a busy man. Yeah, when's your book really out? We really appreciate you coming here. When's your book out, David? It's coming, it's officially out on... Um, August the 14th, but um, it, uh, the pre-orders start about two weeks before. Um, right. And, you know, you know, it's extraordinary because 85% of the book was written before the lockdowns. And the lockdowns wow. have given, um, given this cult everything, that, or virtually everything, that I said they wanted in the first 85% of the book. The other uh, thing uh, I if said... You want some, uh, copy, uh, uh, if you want some pre-review copy, if you want some reviews, um, you can send to us and we can, we can read and... Review the book yeah, before Jamie, it comes Jamie, out as well. Jamie's, Jamie's the one to talk to there. But cool. um, I also talk in the, in the first 85% of the book about the, uh, the plan for the cult to use mob rule to um, uh, uh, cause chaos in our people in right. society. And it was, it was you know, uh, these people are very predictable because if you know where they want to go, then predicting the future is, mm. is easy because unless something intervenes to stop what they want to introduce, then you, by, by saying this is what they want, you're predicting the future. This is what Orwell was doing. This is what Aldous Huxley was doing. Um, there's two worlds. There's that world uh, that the cult runs, um, which has a projected future. And then there's the rest of the world that the rest of us live in, where most people think everything is happen ra happening randomly, when actually it's coming from here. Uh, but again, that's another thing for another day. Okay. Stop sure, me, stop man. me. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's been so wonderful to have you here. We're looking forward to having you again, David. It's been it's been All a right, great pleasure. Yeah. Thank you so much, right. David. See you soon. Cheers, David. Lots Thomas. of love from Bangkok. Peace. Cheers, yeah. Bye, David. Bye. Bye, 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 bye. bye.
Thank you.